0: Because I was under the impression that we were not trying.
1: All I wanted was tacos.
0: I was very surprised about how much fear my body was capable of feeling.
1: That's what everyone says.
0: Hi, I'm Gage.
1: And I'm Amanda.
0: And Baby Makes Three. Thank you guys for joining us for, gosh, what is this, our fourth episode? Yes. <laughs> Let's go with the yes. Yes. One episode for every month our son has been alive.
1: Oh, also yes.
0: Yeah, it's kind of fun, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way.
0: Yeah, we just got back from his uh, four-month checkup. Uh, well, I guess now, not just got back; it was a week just or got two,
1: back but... like a few minutes ago. It was <laughs> a <laughs> yeah, late <it's> visit.
0: <laughs> um, but he's coming in at like his his weight is in like the eighty-fifth percentile, so he's a very he he is a heavy kid. Um, compared to other kids but his height is above the 99th percent like there's a grid or a chart or whatever and he is literally off the chart (laughs) for his age
1: quite actually he's very long
0: yeah it's been insane to like pick him up (laughs)
1: he's what is it 28 inches i think
0: i think you're right i think he's 28 inches
1: 17 inches for his head
0: yeah and then 17.4 pounds
1: Which isn't outrageous, but he is very long.
0: It's bigger than average, but not compared, Like, but his height, his length is just insane.
1: Yeah, thanks, thanks for listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's all. We just want to give you an update on his four-month checkup. Yeah,
0: no, no, we'll catch you back in two weeks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> actually, in two weeks, two weeks he'll be five months.
0: Oh, wow. It's amazing how because time works. Because when
1: you say we just got back, it was actually like a week ago. And his appointment was a week after he turned four months. So yeah, he's four and a half.
0: It is crazy that time moves
1: continuously
0: linear, l- linearly.
1: Linearly, that's time an awkward sounding word.
0: Linearly, time keeps on uh, time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping.
1: Uh, is this into going to get taken down because you're? Like singing something and not giving credit
0: I don't know, I think doing a spoken word rendition falls under artistic license, plus we don't get paid to do this, so oh okay fair the way fair use works, okay, this is a completely different show now. Um, excuse thanks me thanks for joining
1: us <laughs>
0: uh, we're starting you can tell we're starting off light-hearted and <laughs> having a little bit of fun because it's kind of a down topic. Um, yes, that's true but the way Let's fair see. use works uh you have a pretty You have a lot on your side if you're not making money off of it. It's one of like the four pillars of fair use.
1: I just saw lightning after you did that. So it was very dramatic.
0: So what you're saying is while it may be legal excuse me. While it may be legal in the eyes of man, (laughs) God has made his will clear.
1: No, I was just commenting on the fact that there was lightning. Okay. That's it.
0: So this week. What are we talking about?
1: Well, we had brought up uh, in our discussion away from the microphone. We, we had.
0: We try so hard not to talk unless it's on microphone.
1: But we had talked about different topics. Um, we had talked about discussing what it was like for Vanyan to go to nursery school. What it was like starting with dealing with teething, uh, introducing mm. solids.
0: Constipation, which has been a, a Constipation, struggle.
1: Constipation, which is an issue. Um, and if
0: there's one of these topics you want to hear more than the other ones. Vote. Yeah, let us know on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of those links, as always, in the show notes. Quick plug. <laughs> Just slid that in there seamlessly.
1: Um, but one of the ones that we kept coming back to was baby blues, anxiety, postpartum depression. Um, All of the unpleasant, which is putting it mildly, Mm -hmm. all of the unpleasant feelings that come sometimes after having a baby. And so I don't think we're going to limit it necessarily to just postpartum because uh, just for the record, I was never officially diagnosed with postpartum. Um, And we're not doctors. (laughs) Yeah, we are not doctors. Uh, So... I just thought it might be helpful to talk about our experience, mostly my experience, um, just dealing with the different emotions that came after having a baby. I was talking about this this afternoon, actually, with you, Mm -hmm. just saying, you know, one of the things that hit me so hard was I had so many different expectations for what I thought motherhood was going to be and how I thought I would feel physically and mentally and that was not my experience at all and that was a very very hard thing to come to terms with
0: yeah and the other thing that I think is probably going to come up because when we were talking about this it's just for our personal experience I think it's very hard to talk about one without talking about the other um, is the move from breastfeeding to bottle feeding um, oh, that
1: was a huge part of it.
0: <laughs> and breastfeeding would also fall into exactly what you just said, talking about uh, an experience that defied uh, our expectations.
1: Well, I just kissed the microphone.
0: <laughs> That's okay. You love the microphone more than me. Well,
1: that was a very odd uh, sensation. <laughs> you might have to edit that one out. Um, I refuse. I had expected to have an all-natural birth and my my soul not even experience I'm not even sure what the word would be but I I was just familiar with birth in terms of a very dear friend who had given birth to some of her children at home and then her last one she had done a water birth and she talked about it in really positive terms and what a wonderful experience those births were having her children at home around her other older children mm-hmm. with her friends near her and her midwife and it was just a really positive experience and so I knew that that experience could also be had in the hospital as well and so since we had chosen to do a hospital birth I was very sure that it was going to go well. I thought, you know, worst case scenario, if you could even call it that, would be maybe I wouldn't really like having to deal with the pain and I would ask for some pain meds and that would be that. I surely did not think that I would have a c-section.
0: Yeah, that was, I don't even think really on our radar.
1: No, because I knew that in some situations, um, C-sections were more convenient. And so sometimes the parent would choose to have a C-section. Sometimes the doctor would suggest it. And not always because it was medically necessary in the sense of you need to have this child via cesarean or something bad could happen. Sometimes it was just like, you know what, this might be the best situation for all involved and given this and given that. And so it was like, "Eh, let's just do a C-section. Let's just go there. And so I kind of had assumed that it was something that was often pushed for unnecessarily. And I surely was not going to do that. And so
0: (laughs) unnecessarily. Sorry.
1: So I, I thought that I would have a vaginal delivery. I was worried about tearing. Mm -hmm. I knew that, you know, it's, it's exhausting You know, it takes a toll on your body. I understood all of that. But I also heard so many stories about women feeling elated after birth. That sometimes your body is flooded with happy hormones, basically. And that you feel almost high right after. And it's this really, really beautiful experience. And so I thought that that would be my experience. I thought I would immediately start breastfeeding. And so I just as someone who had no idea what she was talking about, but thought she did, I was just sure that that was going to be my experience. And I was sure that breastfeeding would come naturally, because it is a very natural thing, and that if I had the teeniest bit of problem, it would be overcome by strength of will. (laughs) Um, So again, it was very arrogant of me to think all of those things, but I was very sure of all of those and then when all of that came crashing down i did not handle it well it affected me i i felt like i had messed up in some way i'm a perfectionist so if anything goes wrong to me i see that as failure and so i this is kind of we're we're planning on this being the one and only child so this was my one and only chance to do it the way i had always dreamed and i had failed and messed it up so that's why i think it hit me so hard to start off that was <laughs> that was the starting <laughs>
0: yeah it just it started off so well um and i think we talked about this a little bit on the delivery episode um but the initial plan had been to go um straight birth to breast that never happened
1: well it couldn't
0: um then we talked i think we also like so some of this is is retreading territory but Um, we had to introduce formula as a supplement while he was in the hospital, um, because of his bilirubin count. Uh, and then we came home and you were, were struggling to meet his demands.
1: Well, and I was also concerned in the hospital because at that point I felt defeated. And so I'm not really an angry person. I kind of just curl inward I'm also an anxious person, so my anxiety skyrocketed after birth, after his birth. So I was anxious all the time about everything, absolutely terrified about everything, and I just felt defeated because it was like, well, I I'd failed with doing the birth the way that I had wanted. I had failed with like you know I had asked for medicine, I had asked for, I ended up asking for an epidural and then um i had chosen to do a cesarean which ended up becoming necessary mm-hmm. but you know i you didn't have to twist my arm really i was like okay i understand i'm i'm done something's not right i'm i'm done let's just do this so so i i felt very defeated
0: i'm going to try my best um in this episode to not try to jump in with clarifiers or corrections. But what do you want to clarify? (laughs) uh, Because um, I think a lot of this has to do with your state of mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, obviously you were in a very dark place. You're already blaming yourself for everything. Um, If anyone is going to take the onus for the epidural and the C-section decision, I think, I think you could fairly put that on me.
1: But I wouldn't.
0: Um, But I don't think it's fair to put those on yourself because you weren't really in your right mind with the epidural, but that's what I mean. That's why I'm saying like, I don't really want to jump in and do these clarifiers because what we're talking about is the way you were feeling in this time.
1: Well, it's how I was feeling after the birth. I, I was sore. It hurt to move. Um, you know, I, I didn't really think that that was going to happen. I was like, Oh man, maybe I'll tear and it'll really, really hurt when I pee
0: um you have to use the water bottle
1: yeah I knew there was going to be a lot of blood involved I knew about the you know the contractions afterwards when your uterus is trying to return to normal um I knew all of that was going to happen but I didn't expect to have staples in my belly and to have trouble moving so um I had a really hard time because I didn't Enjoy and savor that moment of him being born. Like I felt relief and happiness on seeing him, but it wasn't the experience that I thought it was going to be. So already out of the gate, like I remember them, you know, putting him to the breast when I was in recovery and I was so out of it because I was hopped up on so much medication. I was so out of it that um, like I remember them doing that, but I didn't get any kind of like, there was no warm, fuzzy or looking in his eyes, like I was laying flat on my back, half out of it, barely aware that they were putting him to my breast so it's not like I had this amazing bonding moment with him, and then I remember being you know wheeled into our room, and they had said, "Well, you know if you need help, you know breastfeeding because you literally just got out of surgery, yeah, no, feel free to ask us. that's fine um but it like it hurt, so like now this child is asking this child that I haven't spent any time with haven't held properly and really looked at um, now all of a sudden this just kid's screaming and oh I guess I have to feed him but like how do I do that and now I have to call somebody and like I can't just get up myself and get him um, which you know I think by the, by the next morning you know I was out of bed and moving around but gingerly so even in that moment it was like Even when I could get out of bed, you know, several hours later, it was still, oh, he's crying. Okay, well, you're going to have to give me five minutes to get out of to get up, to sit up in bed, to swing my legs over, to get out of bed and then to walk over to you. And, well, I'm a little unsteady, so maybe I shouldn't be picking you up. So there was already kind of like resentment, like, okay, well, I've messed this up. I didn't do this right. And now I'm not doing motherhood right because I can't it takes me forever to even walk to my child. And then I was having trouble putting him on like I was having trouble with latching issues. So it was like, well, now I can't even feed him. I can barely walk to my child and now I can't feed him. So I very, very quickly became um, defeated and anxious and just dreading hearing him cry because hearing him cry meant I had to get out of bed which was painful which meant I had to try and get him to latch on which was frustrating because he wasn't doing it which again blamed myself for so I very very quickly went to a very dark place in my head I I was depressed and anxious and resentful from day one like when people talk about when that kind of stuff starts i think for some people it starts right away and then i've heard some women talk about how it hits them later so depression and anxiety and postpartum um don't always hit day one for me it was right out of the gate as soon as the meds started wearing off and i became lucid like i i that already started and it just, it got worse. And like, like you had mentioned, the breastfeeding was a huge issue because then even when we got home, like we had an amazing lactation consultants that were helpful, that really tried. They, they gave up so much of their time to try and work with me. Um, and I just wasn't in the right headspace for it. I don't think. And then when we were supplementing with him, it just, you know, Vanyan ate a lot mm-hmm. very, very early on. Um, and still does. does. And I was not making a lot and the formula was easy. It was something that I could actually do right. It was something that didn't cause me pain and something that he could readily get because my milk did not come in for days and days and days. And then when it did come in, it wasn't enough. So, um, I'm sure there's a lot of women out there that would have all sorts of like really helpful tips for helping with milk supply. Um, I tried certain foods I tried hydrating I tried pumping like every two hours around the clock Um, and it helped a little bit I did see an increase but it never got up to where it needed to Um, and breastfeeding just became a huge source of anxiety and frustration and depression for me
0: yeah and we also I think by the time we were out of the hospital we were Um, But you were almost exclusively um, Pump feeding
1: Yeah I was having a lot of trouble getting him to latch Which was really frustrating
0: And you had bruising and cracking And
1: I had bruising and cracking And um, I mean I know Some women who literally Will have Such sore nipples that they'll bleed And they will still continue To breastfeed and then they'll just pump From that one so that they're so their body keeps making milk. So they're like heroes. (laughs) So I know women who, (laughs) I know, I know women who did it and they got through it and you know, you ice them and you put the cream on and you do whatever you have to. Um, but it really hurt, which I didn't think it was supposed to. (laughs) And so pumping became a way. And I was also very anxious that he wasn't getting enough because I was having trouble latching and because he always seemed hungry. um, so I was very anxious that he wasn't making uh, that I wasn't making enough. So pumping for me became pumping still caused me pain. So I don't know maybe if I was doing it wrong or I just have really sensitive <laughs> nipples, but um or really low pain tolerance. But pumping was incredibly frustrating and uncomfortable for me, but it was still less painful than trying to get him to latch on. um And it meant that I could measure it. It meant that I could see how much I was making and how much I knew he was eating. And so I was able to keep dra- track down to the mill- milliliter um, with how much he was consuming, which gave me a slight amount of peace of mind.
0: <laughs> I Yeah, it, it's, it's what we had to do. Um, it's a shame. Like two things come to mind. One is looking back now that, you know, for four or four and a half months later and it's like oh yeah no he just he's a monster (laughs) like i love our kid but he's trying to put us in the (laughs) poorhouse because he just he he eats as much as as like an eight or nine month old Mm -hmm. um but the other thing is it's like you're already in pain you have to be for this feeding experience and then because it was a little better on the pump you didn't even get the um bonding thing i hear about from some moms
1: yeah i had a few moments um where i was a little clear headed and i would try to put him on the breast because one of the things that i remember reading was and i don't know if i'm going to explain this uh correctly but there's something with a baby latching on like if the baby was fighting a sickness or something i don't know if like your nipple absorbs the saliva i don't know how that works but there is some kind of a
0: a communication
1: a communication between the baby and your body and then your body will um produce what the baby needs like your if you if your body if your baby needs certain like antibodies like your body will produce it i mean i've seen pictures of um breast milk like and day to day like the color will Mm -hmm. change even um so your body will make what baby needs but there needs to be that communication and so i would try to and i knew that it was best to put him on the breast and to try to practice with latch and i had been encouraged to work on that and so in my mind it was like i didn't it was the farthest thing that i from my mind for what i wanted to do but i knew it was probably the right thing i knew i was supposed to try and i knew that it was good for him So I would do it um, a couple of times a day. I would not do it every feeding by any means um, because I dreaded it. But I did have a few moments where I would finally get him latched and it wasn't exquisitely painful. Like I would get him, I think this is the right way he's supposed to do it. I think this is what they showed me. Um, And I would look down and I did get some kind of like, almost like a satisfaction like okay, this is a hint of what people talk about when they talk about how, what a beautiful experience breastfeeding can be because I am providing, I'm directly providing sustenance for our child and you know, he's nuzzled up against me and he's content, you know, he's having the time of his life, but then guilt would immediately creep in because it's like, well, this is painful and I'm, I'm counting down the minutes until I can get him off and go ice my nipples and, um, I'm exhausted, but I'm holding him and I'm feeding him because this is the right thing to do. But I'm not, it shouldn't just be because it's the right thing to do. It should be because I enjoy it. And so then I would go into this spiral and it was just, I was, I can look back now and see how unhealthy my way of thinking was and, you know, how difficult, how unnecessarily difficult I was making it for myself. Um, I don't even think that, like the pain obviously and the the issues were were genuine issues but I think it was magnified more than it needed to be because of my state of mind so it's not like oh my goodness I was in such terrible agony it was worse than anything I've ever experienced it wasn't that like yes it was it was painful um but it was also my state of mind um and then I, I started to get resentful when it came to breastfeeding, because even when I was pumping, I would try to fall asleep and you would try to take a couple of shifts. And two hours after being asleep, you know, I would wake up and I would be not even two hours, like a little more than two hours. But like I would wake up after trying to get several hours of sleep in a row and trying to sleep through when I should pump, because I knew the more I pumped, the more I would tell my body that it needed to make more milk. But I would be so tired that I'd want to skip a pumping session. And, which again, that would make me feel guilty because I'm choosing sleep over potentially making more milk for my child. Um, And, like, I would wake up and be engorged and I would be in pain and leaking everywhere. And that wasn't fun. Um, And then, like, when I would choose to not pump because I started to I started to give up on the I was doing the every two hours and it wasn't seeing seeming like it was making a lot of difference not enough to make it worth it in my mind and so I would be like well I'm really tired and gauge has this shift so if I just sleep through this pumping session I could get four or five hours straight of sleep and that would be amazing and so I would choose to do that And of course, yes, I'd wake up and gorge. But then I would also feel bad because now it's like that was a pumping session when I might have gotten an ounce or two if I had pumped and I could have given. And like you said, he was a monster. He was eating all the time. So I would pump and I would get maybe an ounce or two here and maybe an ounce or two there. And then he'd devour four ounces in a sitting. And then my little one-ounce stashes that I had in the refrigerator would be gone. And then because I chose to sleep and miss that other pumping session – now there was no breast milk and now we had to go to formula and I would feel bad because when you would do the feedings, you'd go to the refrigerator and you'd go, oh, there's no more breast milk. Not, I mean, you had no idea. I'm not like blaming you or anything, but it would be like, oh, there's, there's no more breast milk. And it was because I had skipped a a session or whatever. And I'd go, no, I guess we just have to do the formula. And then it'd be like, oh, well, How many more samples do we have left? And it was like, oh, okay, well, we're running out. Now we're going to have to go buy some. Oh, how expensive is formula? And so I just became more and more resentful and guilty feeling because it's like I'm resentful of the fact that I have to do this thing that I hate that is putting me in this dark place. But why would I hate the very thing that's like giving sustenance to my child? Like how could I possibly resent that? Like then I felt guilty because I was a horrible mother and I was making us spend money on formula rather than breastfeeding and it just got unnecessarily bad. It was it was not a fun time.
0: It was not for anyone in the house. (laughs) Nope. Uh, For those of you who are are partners out there for some going through this. um, One thing that was told to me um, that helped a little bit, but not a lot because it's a dark time is there's nothing you can do to make it better but keep trying um it's still not going to make it better like there was nothing i could do uh in those moments to help fix the problem for you but they one of the things they say is but you still have to keep uh trying um one of the things that doesn't help is saying that it's a perspective issue that that does not help i can say (laughs) a personal experience Um, you
1: were you tried to be very very supportive so you know, you would encourage me to drink more water and to pump more often and you would get excited, you know, if there was like two ounces instead of an ounce, like you would get really, really excited. You went out and bought the hands-free nursing bra. Um, You know, I think you went out and bought more attachments for our pump and you, you tried to get all of the gizmos and gadgets to make it as easy as possible. And I specifically remember because this was so you trying to be helpful, and me just being in a totally different headspace and taking it in the worst possible way. You got the the hands free pumping bra, mm-hmm. and so it enabled because I was saying you know originally having to hold the the cups or what the is, cups yeah having to hold those to the breast. It was like I had the choice of I could hold one at a time like do one breast at a time and then I would have one hand free to read a book or play on my phone or do something or if I wanted to get it done a little faster I would hold both of them to each you know one to each breast but then my hands were full and I couldn't do anything so I was just sitting there for a half an hour straight listening to the sound of the pump and not doing anything not holding my child like that's when you know Vanyan would cry or whatever and you would go and you'd hold him and you'd rock him and bounce and have all these really sweet bonding moments and while you're having this beautiful moment with our child I'm sitting over on the couch holding the cups to my breasts and pumping for a half an hour just sitting there and pumping and not being able to do anything else and that was really really depressing so you decided to help out. By getting the pumping bra that holds the the cups to each breast, and so
0: still think that that is so neat.
1: So neat, yeah. And and so it would free up my hands, and then they would both get done at the same time, so that you know theoretically I would be pumping. Uh, the time would be cut in half, and then I could spend more time with Vanyan, which should make me feel better, but did not make me feel better. Um. And I remember you came back home and you you took it out and you were like, here, let's put it on you. And you were trying to put it on. And then you put the the cups and the little bottle attachments. um, You know, you put all of that in so that I could start pumping. You hooked me up to the little tubes and you were like so positive, so excited. And I just remembered like trying not to cry because I felt like I'd never felt less like a woman and less desirable and I just felt like a cow that was like being milked. And so you were so supportive, you'd just gone out and you'd bought, you'd you'd purchased this not cheap (laughs) gadget to help me and all I could think of was I feel like a cow and my husband is looking at me attached to tubes and cups and going wow look how much milk you're making, oh this is great. And so that was just a perfect example of you trying to help And you doing all the right things. And me still not. Like it's not being enough. It it didn't make me happy. Because at that point nothing made me happy. Not even my own child.
0: So. Obviously like. This got to a point that was pretty dark. And I remember asking. I remember recommending. um, That you look into. Either speaking with a lactation group, like a support group, mm-hmm. or a, a therapist, because mm-hmm. you were in a really dark place. Yeah. Um, why did you not want to do that?
1: So I did not want to go to see another lactation consultant because I thought the two that had spent so much time with us had shown me everything, had been encouraging. Um, but I had been really overwhelmed by it all. And so I didn't want to go through that again because at this point, I just wanted to give up. And so I didn't want to keep trying. I didn't want to strategize and come up with um, potential fixes and solutions. I didn't want to go to people whose sole job was to help breastfeed because at that point I was done. I didn't want to breastfeed because I felt like it was keeping me from Feeling like a human feeling like a woman feeling like a wife feeling like a mother and I put all of my Resentment I turned it all on to breastfeeding and I was just like I want to be done with this I want to be as done as I can possibly be done Um, And I felt pressure To not be done so um,
0: From from me
1: mostly yeah Yeah. but also because that had been our plan and breastfeeding is free and breastfeeding is best for the baby and so um and I had always been the one that was going to breastfeed so how could I possibly look anyone else in the eye and say oh no I formula feed my child like I knew that I would get judgment I knew I would get surprised faces I knew I would get well why didn't you try this or that um well meaning all of it of course but like um I just I didn't want to go see another lactation consultant. I didn't want to go to the breastfeeding groups where everyone whips out their boobs and talks about what a joy it is and how they bond with their child because that was not my experience. I was super resentful every time it was like every time Vanya would cry to eat or because it's like he would cry to eat and it's like well I can't feed you right now or oh we don't have breast milk in the fridge yet well that's because I'm pumping right this minute I'm literally pumping I'm trying to get it out for him and I can't get it out fast enough and I can't make enough because he wants to eat what takes me multiple pumping sessions to make um so I just got really resentful and I didn't want to see a lactation consultant or go to those groups because I didn't wanna try anymore. I just wanted to give up, but I didn't, I, it took me a little while to finally admit to that. I would like throw out hints that were probably not very subtle. No, they were, they were not subtle. <laughs> but I couldn't, I couldn't say the words, I want to quit breastfeeding. I didn't, I've, I felt too guilty to do that.
0: I think you wanted me to say it for you.
1: Yeah, I wanted permission to quit. Um, and then as far as like a therapist, I all I could think of was how much that would cost. And so I said, you know, oh, well, I'll mention it to um, my OBGYN. And I did mention concerns with breastfeeding and um, that I hadn't been feeling like myself. But at that point, I was already by the point by the time I talked to him, I was already starting to get better. So I think. When he was looking at me, he was seeing someone who was a little bit more um, cheerful, a little bit more positive, hopeful. And so um, he, you know, he kind of was like like acknowledged the way I was feeling, but didn't, you know suggest counseling or refer me to anybody or suggest medicine, um, which maybe I should have had. But I think by the time I finally had an appointment with him, I was already kind of on, on the mend. So because we
0: were already formula feeding. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think if I had gone to the doctor at that point, um, and said something to him, maybe he would have had a different suggestion. Maybe he wouldn't, maybe he would have taken it a little bit more seriously, but by the time I actually had an appointment with him and talked to him about it, it was kind of already improving itself because it was really the first month um
0: that was yeah that was the roughest
1: yeah because it was it was a couple weeks after our our little our our friend's little girl's birthday party that i started to feel better um and that was about the time that we finally decided to go strictly to formula because i was still making a little bit so i'm sure there are some people who probably think like well yeah, you could have switched to formula and still, you know, whatever you make is whatever you make. It's better than nothing. But at that point I just was done. I finally got to the point where it was like, this is the worst headspace I've ever been in. This is the worst I've ever felt mentally. Cause I, I've been fortunate enough to not really struggle with a lot of mental health issues. Um, and this gave me a little peep into what that might be like for some people. Um, And it just feels hopeless and lonely and dark and scary. And it was like, this is my child's first month of life. Like I've wasted his whole first month, which was supposed to be this beautiful bonding experience. And I didn't bond with him at first. Like I, I didn't feel close to him. I would watch the two of you. Cause remember I said that to you one time and I think Mm -hmm. you were kind of taken back by it where it was like, I would watch the two of you and I didn't feel for him what you felt for him. I did not bond with him. I did not look forward to holding him Because me holding him meant that I had to put down the pump and like, you know, clean myself off and dry myself off and then put the breast pads and then put the, um, ice packs on and alternate between that and heat and and so it was like, I, I don't have time to bond with you and hold you. I'm too busy trying to feed you was my mindset, which was not right. It was not, it was a wrong way to think, but, um, I was just I was super resentful of him at first and I didn't feel the way that you felt for him
0: to be to be fair He was tinier and he slept most of the time. It was really easy to love him (laughs) (laughs) I literally would feed him hold him. He'd look at me and then he'd fall asleep. It was Honestly, he was the perfect child at that age. He was
1: I just didn't realize it
0: Yeah You like him now when he's a heavy pain
1: well, that's and that's the thing it, that was the difference. It felt like coming out of a rainstorm, really um,
0: Before we talk about that, I think we should talk about um, The conversation that we had about Switching to formula. Oh, okay. Not my brightest moment <laughs> um, Because you like you said you brought up the the hints which were very, very clear,
1: they weren't subtle,
0: no not <laughs> at, not at all um so the thing the thing is when it happened was you no. you
1: sound like your dad when you say that?
0: <laughs> I don't mean to um I think in a relationship, a lot of times you are, and most people who know us would probably agree, you're very much natural, I'm very much science we talk, we come to a conclusion. Um, so I think a lot of times, uh, you know, water birth, hospital birth. Um, I had no problem with, um, formula when we first started talking about this whole process. Um, but then you, you know, had brought up breastfeeding and I was like, okay, well, if you want to do breastfeeding, I, I, I understand that nine times out of 10, my place in this is to support you. Mm-hmm. So obviously I have my own opinions cause I'm, uh, straight white guy living in the United States of America of course I have an opinion um, but I tend to try and like respect what you say and, and do research and so you start doing the research and the formula uh, breastfeeding thing and you, you really start to look into it and you're like is there huge differences no but the World Health Organization does recommend breastfeeding and then there's the free aspect and so you do all this stuff so I became a convert basically to your doctrine. Um, yeah. When it came to breastfeeding. And our
1: doctor encouraged it, rightly so.
0: Yep. And everything, I had, I'd seen a lot about these um, rough patches. Oh, sorry. It's okay. You went a totally different direction. <laughs> these, um, these rough patches that uh, mothers often go through and people, nobody posts, that's kind of why I wanted to have this conversation fully, um, is that most people don't post the failures you know it's like why when you go on facebook does it seem like everybody's kid uh loves kale and is potty trained at a year and a half and can can walk and talk and quote shakespeare at three it's because when they eat like no one posts a picture there's a meme about that no one posts the picture of their kid eating (laughs) play-doh you know right so you only hear the positive stories i'm sure that there's countless more um that aren't but so from my point of view i was like okay well we decided breastfeeding and you know from and and obviously we're formula fed in this house so no shame on anyone else but like it's supposed to be better um and it's, there's a rough patch that mothers often push through though honestly now I'm, I'm wondering about how many people just don't talk about it um so when we went into this and so you started dropping these hints these subtle subtle hints um i was like no and this was bad. I think this threw you, because normally, again, very much.
1: Um, You're always very supportive of what I think I need.
0: Yeah, well, I want to be in service to you. You know what I mean? Especially in things like this. Like, I it, it's a weird. Th- I was listening to a podcast recently when when uh, it was talking. It was like a, a a white pastor who was starting churches in black neighborhoods, and he talked about uh, submitting. Uh, to uh, the leadership, like working under people of color because this is their community that he's coming into, and true service means submitting yourself um, in service and and submission, like to what the other person wants and says, and letting them run the show, not coming in and saying, "I know how to fix this for you, obviously because I'm the nice white guy. Um, so with That's
1: th- also the biblical concept of those who lead should be you know, Jesus set the example of like washing his disciples feet. If mm-hmm. you're going to be the leader, you should be the most humble servant.
0: Exactly. Um, and so with this, my goal going in was obviously to be, I wanted to have the answer to any question you had. I wanted to be aware of the conversations we were having, but for the most part, aside from one or two things, like I want to be in a hospital, um, I tried to you know submit to your decision making. And this was one thing where I didn't, um, And so I knew that this was coming because of your not-so-subtle hints. And my response when you finally kind of brought yourself to having the conversation... um,
1: Right before a child's (laughs) birthday party, which is a great time to have that conversation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's so perfect. Um, And you can correct me if I'm mischaracterizing you, Um, but I believe your thing to me was... This has hit a point where I think it's necessary for my mental health for us to switch over to formula Mm -hmm. And i'm not giving him what he needs And we know he's already doing some formula. This makes sense. What do you think? And I said um I said If you want to make the decision to switch to formula You can do that and I will completely back you but you're gonna have to make that decision on your own
1: Yeah yeah, you weren't you weren't happy about it, but you did say, you know, that's your decision if that's if that's what you wanna do.
0: But very much in the don't come to me to like push you over this finish line. Um which at the thought time, I thought, was was very, very fair. Um it was it's not
1: also, it's <laughs> also how I perceived it because you wanted it to be my call, um, which was your way of trying to be kind and uh, sensitive to what I was going through but my perception of the conversation at the time my perception of how that conversation went was very different um, so I kind of felt like I was being hung out to try and I felt like you were angry that I was that I was giving up and I felt like I was giving up and so I felt like a failure and I thought you th- felt like I was a failure for giving up And now it was this whole added expense that we hadn't budgeted or, you know, um, allowed for. And so I very much felt like a failure and I felt very alone in that failure. Um, So it wasn't it wasn't a very nice time, but I was becoming more and more used to the idea of this might be what's best because I kind of hit my own little rock bottom. And I was tired after a month of it. I was tired of resenting my own child. I was tired of. Um, it was it was causing a little bit of friction for us, not in like a horrible, horrible oh we were at odds kind of way, but it was definitely causing tension in our relationship. I was not bonding with my child. I was resenting my child, this child that I had prayed for. Um, so I just was. I was becoming more and where more and more aware that this was not okay like I was able to kind of almost look outside of myself and look at me from the outside and go, whoa, that woman is r- in a really bad place. Like she needs to stop immediately. Um, And so I realized that a huge source of my anxiety and depression was the whole breastfeeding issue. And so for me, my way of fixing it was to run as far away from this issue as possible. And so for me, the only way I saw like out of it was to just stop altogether. Stop breastfeeding, do formula, heal your body, heal your mind, and start again. Like
0: And it was the right call. Yeah. I, I I think the reason that you felt hung out to dry is because I hung you out to dry alone. Oh, I wasn't
1: trying to say that it's just that's how I felt at the time.
0: I mean you you I think you have a tendency to let me off the hook a lot I think it comes from the fact that you for some inexplicable reason uh, Are quite fond of me. I kind Um, of am but in that I I could feel it after we had resolved it because generally That's how my stupid brain works. I could feel that like that might have been a little messed up Um, But it wasn't until I was at work and I think I mentioned that conversation and my dad <laughs> looked at me and said, you said that to her? And I went, yeah. He's like, are you an idiot? And I'm like, that wasn't the best. Th- that was not my best moment, was it? Um, and it just sucks because like the more I look back on it, the more I look at like the person I love most in the world at the worst time in her life and reaching out for help. And I basically like smacked her hand.
1: I guess I just wanted your blessing. I wanted to know, and I think I might have said that at one point, I just wanted you to be okay with it. I wanted you to be able to look at me and say, it's okay. I almost like wanted that pardon or forgiveness because I was having a hard time forgiving myself for s- giving up. And so I almost wanted you, like I think at one point I said, because you were like well it's your choice amanda like make the choice and i was like i know but i don't want you to, you to hate me for making the choice was my concern i was afraid that you you wouldn't force me to breastfeed our child but <laughs> that you would like you would resent me for giving up
0: i was disappointed
1: yeah me uh, too
0: <laughs> but i think that that was the The fear. only
1: one who didn't care in this in this house was Vanyan. <laughs>
0: That's because he's.
1: was chill. He was like, "Give me something to eat, and I am happy."
0: He's still like that. A little freeloader. (laughs) When does he get a job? Like, when does that start? I think
1: it's like two months from now.
0: It's the way he grows, probably. Um, yeah, and it's like obviously you don't need my permission for anything, but it definitely felt like you were, like, looking for my blessing, and it's just I didn't. I couldn't help the the arrogance the like that nerdy pride arrogance too of just like no 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 don't worry i read this no 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 you'll get through this it's fine
1: i would have been the same way in your shoes
0: yeah it doesn't make it right (laughs) it doesn't make it kind we
1: knew what we were gonna do and we knew what was best and we were gonna do it no
0: problem well and that was the hard thing for me we've we've talked about this a ton of times it's just that um most of the time our biggest arguments happen when we had a plan and, and someone changes it um, we're big talkers in this house in this family. That's how we can do the podcast Um, and we like to the iron out details and plan details and sometimes i'll be like, I ah, know We'll just wing it and you'll be like and we, we over
1: research know.
0: Yeah, over research over plan um,
1: overthink over yeah. talk
0: And you know, it was a big joke of like, you know I think you were like six or seven months pregnant and you were like, you know You're not researching any of this and I was like, I I got that I think I spent a week while you were at work and I was like, okay Oh That's your no, your no baby pill alarm
1: you can edit that out
0: we don't have to um
1: (laughs) oh wow i'm like trying to to time it so that i move the microphone or move in the couch when there's a pause so that you'll be able to edit it but if you're not editing anything this is going to be a very noisy episode
0: i'm gonna i'll I'll edit when when i need to but i'm trying to uh trying to do this more seamlessly
1: oh okay
0: but yeah so like and, and so we had this whole planning and then basically from jump from going to the hospital i felt like the plan got ripped to shreds in front of me and i was the only one who cared about the plan anymore and that's because caring about a plan when your wife is suffering is idiotic
1: it's also how you cope and it's how i usually cope except it was happening to my body so i would have done exactly what you were doing except my body was going through a very different experience than my mind. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: It was a joyous time to say.
1: It became joyous. I just feel like we should end on that note. I adore our child. I get so much joy from him. And now I'm sick of him. Gosh. (laughs) Don't make those jokes.
0: I know everything. I got to, I do. You've brought that up before that I make those jokes. And it's like, I do need to be careful. Um, because all of this gets recorded and it's just like, sounds like he hates his kid.
1: It's you being silly, but for people who don't know you, it probably sounds awful. Um, but yeah, no, we, we adore our child and we are so grateful for him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were in a good place. Like you and I are in a good place. We're in a good place with him. Vanyan is healthy obviously he's a very healthy boy so he didn't suffer from switching over to formula. So if there's any moms out there that um wanted to breastfeed, if you didn't want to breastfeed and you went straight to formula, that's fine. If you did try to breastfeed and you had issues for whatever reason, um if there was any reason at all that made you stop, like your child will be okay. Your child will be healthy. Like your child
0: might become a giant like ours
1: (laughs) yeah i mean he's not just like at the threshold for being healthy he is very healthy he's a chunky monkey um he's doing exceptionally well the pediatrician is very proud with his progress um
0: he won't roll over more than once though which I understand it's completely okay, <laughs> but I'm a little, I'm a little ashamed of him. It's just like,
1: no, you're not. I'm not. No, you're not.
0: I, I no, I'm a little ashamed of him until we play with the mirror. That, 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 that puts a smile on my and face. he does
1: really well. So yeah, just let that be an encouragement to, to anyone who might be listening to this and might be struggling with breastfeeding issues. It is a dark place. Please seek help. Find somebody who will be a support to you. Um, it might not be who you think,
0: might not be your partner.
1: It may not well, it's hard for the partner in a different way. And so they may not be in the right headspace to be what you what you need in that moment. Um, it may not be a lactation consultant, it may not be your best friend, it could be any of those things. It could be a therapist, it could be your best friend, it could be a lactation consultant. By all means seek, you know, seek whatever help you need to mm-hmm. get you through it. But if at the end of the day you can't or choose not to breastfeed, you're still a good parent, you know, it yep. doesn't, that, that fact alone doesn't change that you're a good parent.
0: And not for nothing, there are so many ways that you can just kill these kids, like by accident. There's so many things that you don't even know until you start to research. So there's there's enough to worry about is I guess where my thought process goes. There's so much to worry about that I think I'm a little annoyed at myself that I spent this energy on something that wasn't a legitimate concern. You know what I mean? I hear
1: what you're trying to say. Yeah.
0: Just don't like the way I'm saying it.
1: No, I I hear it. They're so frat.
0: They have two self-destruct buttons in their head.
1: Are you talking about their soft spots?
0: Yeah, because I always knew babies had soft spots. And and I've had like nieces and nephews. And like the soft spot, everyone knows babies come with the self-destruct button. They have two of them.
1: Well, it's that the the bones haven't fused together. It enables them to squeeze through the birth canal.
0: No, not our son. (laughs) well not him
1: most children most children
0: uh we should probably just leave it there
1: we should i just wanted to end it on a positive encouraging note that this was me relating my very very dark tale but it does have a happy ending like i got through it um you know gage was an amazing amazing partner through it and we did have hit some rough spots and if we could go back i'm sure there's things that we would do differently and how we related to each other, but we came through it. We've talked about it since. Um, it's helped us grow closer and stronger as a couple. Um, I I can't wait to get home to my child every day. Like I did bond with him. So if you feel like you're not bonding with your child, you it time. doesn't have to happen right away. Like he's four and a half months old, and he is the light of our life. We adore him. Um, so it will it will come. Just. Be be easy on yourself and and get whatever help you need. You know,
0: and maybe next week we'll talk about poop.
1: <laughs> something lighthearted, <laughs> some, something a little lighter. I have some great poop stories. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have
0: some good. Oh, we got a good one from this morning. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on our adventure. If you want to reach out to us, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at and Baby Makes Pod, and you can always visit our website or Discord.
1: All links are available in the show notes. If you like the show, do us a favor and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. These ratings really help new listeners find us, and we truly appreciate it.
0: Until the next chapter, I'm Gage. I'm Amanda. And and Baby baby Makes makes three. Three.